You are listening to Impact My City, a podcast for the rising entrepreneur pursuing their endeavors to be the person they want to become. I'm your host, Danny Aguirre. In this podcast, you'll hear stories from entrepreneurs, influencers, and rising artists. You'll be able to learn from their experiences and cater it to your lifestyle. So let's get started. Tim Kennedy, ladies and gentlemen, uh, ex-Green Beret, retired UFC fighter, owner and founder of Sheepdog Response. Tim, will you just give us some background on who you are? Oh, man, uh, it's a mouthful. Uh, so... Um, not X. I'm still I'm still in the military. So I'm a special forces sniper, uh, Ranger Green Beret, that has 15 years in special forces um, deployments in Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, all over Africa, South America, Europe. Um, fought in the UFC. I have been a professional fighter for 17 years. A black belt in a few different things, to include Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, host of some TV shows. Uh, hunting Hitler, um, hard to kill, uh, com- competitor on Ultimate Soldier Challenge and Deadliest Warrior. Um, so just kind of a, a, a busybody hustler that does a bunch of dumb stuff. <laughs> I, I like it. So, so where did this all start? Like at, at a young age, starting from high school, um, going into college and all that stuff. Um, where did this start? How did how did who who formatted this this person? You know, like how did how did you become Tim Kennedy that everybody talks about? Man, so in my life, in my world, in my family, I am not exceptional by any means. Uh, my brother is extraordinary. My sister is incredible. My dad is more accomplished than I am. Um, so this is just kind of like run of the mill Kennedy family stuff, you know. Uh, my dad was a 33-year narcotics officer. He's probably kicked more doors than I have. Um, and I've been in Special Forces for 15 years, and we've been at war for 18 years. So, nope. you know, it's that's saying something. Yeah. Uh, he's, you know, he stole planes of cocaine from Pablo Escobar. Uh, you know, he had his boys, me and my brother, sneak into parking garages and try to get license plate numbers of, of – meth and heroin dealers in, in San Luis Obispo County. So th- this, w- this was just normal. Um, you know, everybody was an athlete in my family. Everybody, you know, had to be like a straight A student if you didn't want to get scuffed up. So this is just, this is just how it was, you know, when, when that's the normal, like the aim small, miss small thing, when it comes to shooting, that's how it was for life in my family, you know, like, wow. um, in everything. It's like, no, 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 you're, you're not going to be a 4.0 student. You're going to be a 4.0 student with graduating a couple of years early, taking all AP classes and starting college at 16. Like that's what you're going to do. Cause that's what we do. Um, you know, and it's like, ah, okay. It just resets the bar. Yeah. So it seems like the standards really high in your family. And I love that. I love how it, it totally, it totally goes in with the whole military persona as well. I mean, um, being a green beret, that's, that's crazy. In, in a sense, you need to have that standard, you need to have that mentality. So with that mentality that you've built, um, how, how did you use that in order to get through the just the army special forces and becoming a green beret and going to ranger school and all that? And I, I loved every minute of selection and 
and special forces qualifying course and ranger school and seer school you know you hear people um say like how hard those things were i had a blast like i i had so much fun in every phase of training and every phase of selection uh i mean and you have to remember there there were periods of time where i was low crawling through a pond that they called the gig pit that had dead animals like raccoons in it like low crawling where i'd reach forward as i was dragging my face through this muddy swampy water and i'd find like this mushy thing up by my head i'm like what is that and i pull it up and i look his matted hair falls off it's like oh it's a dead raccoon that's cool and then i keep then i keep crawling um you know it's just like again when you set the bar here and this is really really high even like if you barely make the bar, you're like, wow, this is pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to get some more stuff done. And that, that's, I think, still what I'm trying to do. That's awesome. So with that, do you have any cool stories too? Like just from, like, what are your, some of your favorite stories that you could, you could just share with us? So during, before I went to SEER school, I was able to find out what my evasion lane was. So SEER school is broken into different phases. You got like the, the training portion. Then you got the evasion portion, and then you have uh, the escape or the resistance and the escape. So S-E-R-E. -E. The kind of academic portion of training is, is very schoolhouse. They're trying to give you all the information that you need to, to have so that when it's time to evade, you don't get captured. Um, they, they throw you in the middle of the forest and the, the North Carolina, sometimes Blue Ridge Mountains, and they like, and you're just on the run. They're trying to catch you with dogs, thermal imagers, night vision. And your incentive to not get caught is if you get caught, you go into the interrogation uh, concentration camp early. So if you make it a week and a half, that's awesome. That's an extra, you know, week and a half that you are not in the concentration camp. And you do not want to be in the concentration camp. But so you're very incentivized to not get caught. Most people, during the evasion phase are starving they're eating pine nuts they're like digging up little grubs and like trying to trap squirrels and maybe even going out into the road and picking up roadkill like the, and, and eating it for nutrients because you are running for your life for two weeks like that stinks um you know they're they're getting sick and dysentery from eating snails and eels out of the rivers and the creeks um maybe they get lucky and pull a catfish but i on the other hand before i left for school found out where my team was going to be evaded evading and i went and I buried mres lots and lots <laughs> of mres so we get through training and it's evasion time they're like all right go run don't get caught and off we go and i have 10 digit grid coordinates to every one of these boxes of MREs. You essentially have an ODA. You have 12 guys. We have 11 SF recruits, and then we had one Air Force kid with us. We pull out the box, and the Air Force kid's like, wait, 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 what's this? Like, well, it's, it's food, bro. It's, it's MREs. Like, how'd they get here? I don't know. The, the wood elf buried it here. How do you think they got here? I put them here. He's like, well, well this is integrity violation. Like, we're going to get kicked out. I'm like, we're only going to get kicked out if we get caught. And we're only in trouble if we get caught. And if we eat all of this food, there's no evidence. So all we have to do is eat the food. He's like, I'm not going to eat it. I'm not participating in this. I was like, cool. Um, we have an extra MRE gentleman. You guys want to split this? And of course, everybody's on the same page. 
<laughs> so we make it through the evasion phase and we are fat and happy. Like it is, it's, we got, we have two MREs every single day with whatever additional food we find catching. Um, you know, so we're still eating three, 4,000 calories a day. When we get to the, when we're finally caught and we essentially have to turn ourselves in because we are not having to run very far because we have food. Um, so there's no foraging element to it. The most dangerous portion and, and usually the most violent portion is when you are first pictured and it's, it's very intense. You know, they're taking the bags off your head and they're hitting you and they're spraying you with water and they're hitting you more. And then they may throw in a phone book and like, you know, like it's, it's pretty intense. Well, the moment that bag came off that Air Force guy's head, he was like, hey, the rest of the guys, they all cheated. They had food. And like, we hear this guy screaming this out. Like, what a, what a blue falcon, right? Like, what a backstabbing piece of crap. And, and they're like, of course, they know who the other 11 of us are. So our training portion of this concentration camp went from training to real life. They're interrogating us, trying to get real information out of us. And if the 11 of us, if, if one of us out of the 11 break, we're all going to get kicked out. None of us are going to become Green Berets. None of us will ever be in Special Forces. And so for the next two weeks, they legitimately are interrogating us, trying to find out if we really buried food. So after two weeks, the, they raise the American flag and the POW flag, and we hear the wonderful national anthem and the, the ballad of the Green Beret, which means the course is over. And all the instructors, they pull out their dog tags and they pull out their ID cards so that, that we know it's over, right? And they come up, they're like, all right, hey, for real now, we seriously need to talk about this. It's like, bro, until I am wearing my Green Beret, until I have been given my K-Bar and I have signed my name in the Book of Special Forces, you will not hear a single word out of talking about for any other reason. Well, that kid gets recycled. He gets kicked out. The 11 of us graduate every single cadre showed up at our graduation. Because what happened was we validated their course by cheating. We, we cheated and we proved things that they were teaching us were working through interrogation. So they could waterboard us. They could lock us in cages. And if we stayed in the circle, we're, it's a success. So all 11 of us stuck to our story. All 11 of us stayed in the circle. All 11 of us graduated and became awesome Green Berets. And the Air Force guy lived in regret and shame the rest of his life, I hope. <laughs> Do you ever know what happened to that Air Force guy? Uh, probably got beaten to death with like a, a soap at the end of a sock when he finally got to his unit. No, I don't know. <laughs> That is awesome. That is so cool. I, it, it honestly, stories like that inspire me. And I, something I really love um, when I talk to people in service is that everybody has their own story and everybody makes its own family. I'm sure you made family over the years, and I'm sure you still have family just with you that you created through that. Um, is that some of the best portions that you've had, like just from joining the service? Yeah, the you know the the guys that you work with uh, become closer than brothers, you know, like my, my brother's one of my best friends and, um, you know, but he hasn't sat there and stared at a tree with me for 10 hours straight, yeah. you know, like one tree and then sleep for two hours and do it again the next day. Like that, that's a different type of, uh, connection, you know, yeah. um, and spending six months in a tiny little room and there's five of us in that tiny little room. Um, you know, or sitting in a, in a sniper hide 
where, you know, he's holding a bag for you while you try to poop. Um, you know, like that's, that's, that's a, that's a close brother right there. Yeah. That's awesome. So getting into UFC, you had all this training, uh, from just years of the military, correct? And now, and then you just hopped into the UFC. Um, but you also had UFC and jujitsu training before that, before you started doing UFC. Um, how was that transition? How, how did you, how'd you come up with that? I mean, so in the sheepdog response courses, when I'm talking to people that there's a lot of people that have never been in a fight before. Mm-hmm. Um, they've never been in a gunfight. They've never been in a knife fight. They've never been in a fist fight. Um, I've been in all those. Right. And, mm-hmm. and they're real, real, real similar. A fight's a fight. It's violent. Um, it's split second decisions. And, you know, what, what I tell them, it, it doesn't matter what tools you have um, or what kind of fight it is. What matters is how you train. And my approach to, to gunfighting and fist fights were very similar. You know, it was a lot of discipline. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of physical conditioning. You know, so there's a few things that I am in charge of. In the military, you sometimes don't get to pick when you're going to fight, where you're going to fight, who you're going to fight, or why you're fighting. Um, it just kind of happens. You're driving down the road and things get blown up. Well, I mean, that's how it is when you're a police officer. That's how it is when, you know, you're walking down the street and someone tries to mug you. You don't get to pick the when, the where, the who, the why. Um, all that matters is if you've been preparing, if you're trained, if you're ready, and if you're in shape, those things you're in control of. So then when, th- when things really hit the fan, you're like, nah, all right, this ain't so bad. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm kind of ready for this. And uh, so the transition from one to the other has been effortless and seamless. Um, I do regret that I didn't spend more time focusing on one thing than maybe the other or vice versa. Because um, I love fighting, I love gunfighting, and I, I I always kind of split my time between those two things. Absolutely, I I just think it's awesome. Like just hearing your stories, hearing the life you live, it's 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 one hundred percent crazy. Um, but with with your with getting into fighting, do you think fighting lose, is losing the essence of like what it's for? I've heard you say before that people are forgetting um, that you're martial arts is, is made to defend yourself but a lot of people are forgetting that um it has that essence behind it of it that's what it's for you know uh, do you feel like yeah. people are losing that yeah, i mean if, if you go back martial arts you know, like the, if, you, if you go back to the the japanese translation it's not martial arts it's war technique mm-hmm. that, that's really the closest translation you're going to get is war technique martial technique war technique and um, it is not like this Tai Chi yoga sports butt scooting donkey guard X guard with a loop. It's it's like I'm gonna grab this guy's face, I'm gonna push his eyes out, and then I'm gonna grab that brick and I'm gonna hit him with it. That's what it is. Yeah. You know? And I get that we have to meet in the middle sometimes, where you can train a technique without picking up a brick and smashing your training partner's head in. But you also have to remember that if you're in a fight with me, I'm not going to be doing the donkey, donkey guard, all right? I'm going to look for a, like a, a piece of bob wire fence. I'm going to wrap around a baseball bat. I'm going to hit you in the back of the head while you're sleeping. Like, that's what I'm going to do. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I just love that. I think a lot of people, too, in the military as well um, kind of forget the whole 
aspect of why they join, why they have the oath, um, why they raise the right hand. I think who forgets that? A lot of people. I think a lot Man, of people nowadays. You give me some names, line them up, <laughs> train them out. If I if I had my way, I would like I would tattooed it in my face. Every time I look in the mirror, I'd remember it. Um, I actually just had a dude DM me, and he was like castigating me uh, about. He's like, I took an oath, and then he like listed all these things, and I'm like. Man, I, I took the same oath that you did, and none of that is covered. I'm not exactly sure how long ago you took said oath, but you have forgotten what the oath is about, and that is not what it's about, bro. Um, so, okay, I get it. You, you might be right. There are some people that forget it. Absolutely. I don't forget. I, I, I love who you are. I love how, you, how it means more than anything to you because there's a lot of people on base that are just like, man, this sucks. Screw this. I'm over it. Um, and they, they just quit, you know, I love how you don't have that quitter mentality. And how, do, how do you, how do you talk to somebody about that? How do you change their mentality to really be successful in not just the military, but in all things like aspect wise? Ooh. So you say I'm not a quitter, but I'll tell you what, I try and find the quitter in me every single day. Like, absolutely. I know that asshole's name and like I know the color and the flex of its eyes because I see it this morning when I'm doing aerobic baseline conditioning and we're like all right we're gonna row 3,000 meters stair climb for 15 minutes um Jacob's ladder for 15 minutes uh ski for 15 minutes and we're trying to get to 2,000 calories in 60 minutes of work um you don't think you're gonna see that quitter in 60 minutes I saw that quitter like five times I was like Hey, Chad, what's going on? That's what I've made my quitter. <laughs> and because um, nobody likes a Chad, you know, like, he, he pops his collar, you know, and he, and he drinks gold schlager. Um, he talks about his brothers back at the fraternity. So um, I look at Chad, I'm like, listen, Chad, I'm, I'm going to have to beat your ass. And then like 15 minutes later, Chad shows up again. I'm like, Ugh. all right, I really don't want to quit. My friend's watching. Maybe I'll fake an injury. Um, they're like, oh, no, I can't do that. He'll know. He'll know that I'm not hurt. Okay, I'm just going to keep going then. All right. Well, I just saw that he ran or he, he pulled a uh, 143. 500 time on this 3,000 meter row. I'm going to get one just to really, you know, give it to him. Give it to Chad because I'm, I'm still giving it to Chad, not my best friend. Um, so I think the only way that you can show or to convince people about beating the quitter or not being a quitter is by example, you know, by, by demonstrating and by showing and by living and by working uh, through those things. Absolutely. And do you think that's all traits you've, you've learned over the years just growing up? seems like knowing your background now, that's something you learned like at a young age compared to like in the military. A lot of people just learn that stuff in the military. And I think, uh, that's crazy that yeah it seems like that's you so if uh i think so i had the most amazing parents ever and this sounds like i'm talking disparagingly about them but i'm not we were a very like awards and consequence driven home like how many participation trophies do you think i got when i grew up i don't know 10 10 10 10 zero Zero. If, if, if somebody handed me a participation trophy, my dad would find something to shoot it with or launch it onto the freeway. Um, you know, like 
if if we were, if we succeeded, if we went and played a baseball game and we lost that baseball game, or I struck out, or I didn't try my hardest. Most importantly, if I didn't try my hardest, there was no ice cream afterwards. You know, there's no frozen yogurt. You know, it's like, hey, you got to go mow the lawn because you played like crap and you didn't give it your best. Um, you know, if you're a straight A student and you're an athlete, you can do whatever you want with your hair. Like, so I got to bleach my hair when I was in high school as a wrestler. Um, these were very clear consequence award decisions and environments. And I realized that reward was way better than consequence. Um, so I was very motivated to, to succeed because um, life was really good when I did the right thing. That's awesome. I, I feel like that's something my dad used to tell me is uh, if you mess up, you have to deal with me later. You don't have to deal with the other person. You have to deal with me. And yeah. I think, I think that's awesome. I think that's, that's cool. That they tell you that at a young age so you can succeed. And it obviously shows now getting into sheepdog response. You have a huge, uh, just impact on on the community that you're doing and uh, I just want you to give some background on sheepdog response if you can do that so sheepdog response is a I, I hope it's a movement that's it we, we if we're gonna just talk business it's a security consulting company and a defensive tactics company so we teach law enforcement military and civilians um, about how to kick ass and take names you know, we te teach them how to keep blood in the good guys and let blood out of the bad guys. So if you're a bad guy, bad guy, we want to put a bunch of holes in you so the blood comes out of you. Um, if you're a good guy, we want to plug up those holes so you stay alive. So we, we teach tactical medicine. We teach um, ground fighting, self-defense. We te teach um, weapon retention and weapon takeaways, situational awareness, uh, awareness biometrics, atmospherics. Like we teach the gambit of everything. Uh, that somebody needs to know when it comes to staying alive or to do their job. Um, but for me, it's more than that, right? It's, it's more than just, here's what the company is. Like, I hope it's a movement. I hope we are, because I believe that the United States is the greatest country on the planet. You know, Absolutely. as we're coming up to 4th of July. 4th of July. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you where I live, but if you were driving down somewhere in the Texas area and you see American flag five feet across the whole entire property line, like that might be my house, you know? And um, if you look at the front of my house and you see this gigantic 20 by 10 American flag with these spotlights sitting in front of it, that might be my house. <laughs> um, and in two days, if you see a dude wearing an American flag um, linen suit, uh, with an American flag bandana, with American flag socks, with American flag watch, with American flag sunglasses, that might be me. And if you see a dude that is setting off fireworks using a flamethrower, that also <laughs> might be me. Um, so I'm not joking. That, that will be my day in two days. Um, we are the greatest country in the world. And we're the greatest country because the person, the individual, the citizen is a badass right? We're like, oh my God, those are Indians. That's all right. We'll fight them. And then we'll carve our existence into this forest. It's like, oh, the British. Eh, they suck. We're going to throw the tea in the harbor. We're going to kill them because they want our guns. And then we're going to, we're going to live here forever. That's like, ah, oh, they're coming back again. 
that's right. We'll kill them all and uh, and be in the. I was like, oh my god, fascists. It's cool. We got them. The original, the original Antifa or Antifa, whatever. Yeah, we, we we kicked their ass. And then the commies, we got them. The socialists, we got them. I mean, you name them, we you line them up, we knock them down. And that's all because the American was a strong, powerful individual. And I think we might have lost a little bit of that, right? Absolutely. Like times have been real good and we're kind of getting a little soft. Um, now, I don't want the Great Depression. I don't want World War II. I don't want, again, I don't want famine. I don't want to have to fight Indians. But I do want a strong American citizen. And that's what Sheepdog Response is. Absolutely. And so with that, what is your goals with Sheepdog Response? What, what, how are you trying to impact everybody and, and really sh- spread this movement so everybody changes uh, maybe their perspective in order to uh, really, really just change their lives? This, this, could, this could really do something, in my opinion. I think, I think this is something people should learn, something people should really take into consideration instead of, uh, I mean, I guess, like not being so not being so uh, eager to having a gun in, in their house or kind of pushing that away. You know what I mean? Um, it seems like a lot of people yeah. don't want that in our society anymore. Um, so how, how do you, how do you, how do you think you're going to get around that? So freedom's a contagious thing and you don't know how good freedom is until you don't have it. Right. Like we're, we're, the fact that we are talking about electing socialists is a scary indication of like how good we have really had it because i promise you the 99 percent of a percent of americans have no idea how bad it is elsewhere you know they're like oh no 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 i travel internationally i'm like shut up you go to paris you go to berlin yeah. you know like you go to like oh you went to south america you, you're like where'd you go lima peru gotcha <laughs> was that nice you know did you go oh you went down to argentina and you, and you looked at some waterfalls you hung out in Buenos Aires, you know, oh, you went to South Africa and you went on a safari. So now, you know, Africa, let me take you up to Somalia, Libya, Mali, the Western Sahara. Let me show you what the real Africa looks like. Oh, you went to the Middle East. Cool. That's nice. Morocco. Mm-hmm. Well, that's technically in, in Africa, first of all. And um, just because you went to Marrakesh and walked the market doesn't mean you understand two blocks away. They're still sewing girls genitals clothes you know like please shut your face you have no clue what you're talking about um so the average american just doesn't get how good freedom is uh a green beret is a force multiplier first and first and foremost like our job is to go and teach other people how to be badass like that's what we're supposed to do like drop me into a country i'm gonna teach you how to you know maybe write a constitution i'll help you overthrow the government um, I'm going to train, I'm going to train all these gorillas, how to be gorilla warfighters, And then in an unconventional fashion, we're then going to put in a beautiful constitutional Republic ooh, ooh, freedom. All right. So that's what we are. First and foremost, that's what I'm doing here. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to train as many Americans I can to be badasses. Everything else just falls in line. That's awesome. I, this is probably one of the funnest podcasts I've been on because I, I love the I love your mentality. I love the way you think. I think a lot of people are losing that, as you said. Um, and I, I really, I really hope, and I really, I hope, I really hope I could see sheepdog response in every city, um, everywhere. 
because this is something I would like to learn. There's a lot of things of people, there's a lot of people on base that do not know the training tactics that you guys have. And I love how you said 99% of people do not know uh, what freedom really is. And I think that's from your experience. You have a lot to say. You have a lot that, um, that people don't get to see. Cause when I first joined the air force, a lot of people were telling me, they're like, um, yeah, it, you're dumb for joining da, 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 da. And then they told me like, um, I they didn't even know we we're at war still since like 2001. It might be just cause I'm from California that a lot of people don't know, but I was like, yeah, we're still at war. Like nobody knew, you know? And I think that's something sad. I think, I think like what you're saying, a lot of people are forgetting how good they have it, especially in San Diego where I'm from. Um, so yeah. I think that I hope you really, really, really do more than just what you have. Cause what you've done is amazing um, from what you guys do. I, I think no, we're just getting started. Just getting started. Just getting started. Uh, what's it called? Ronin. Do you, do you know Ronin tactics as well? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I love his training as well. I love what he's doing. Two loves my homie. Really? Yeah, we're both green braids. We, we we grew up in the same zoo. We're we're like we're both retarded monkeys from essentially the same cage. That's awesome. <laughs> so you guys probably have a lot of background stories too. Oh yeah, dude, Mike Glover from Fieldcraft Survival. That's another. If you don't know about Fieldcraft Survival, you gotta check it out. Um, Pat McMurray from uh, Tac Mac. Uh, Jeff Gonzalez from Trident Concepts. Like these are all my homies that I hang out with and I grew up with. Like I might have been born at Fort Benning, I was raised at Fort Bragg, uh, cut my teeth in Iraq and Afghanistan. But like we are, I use that as a metaphor. We're all the same monkeys from from the same zoo. It's it's just straight up true, you know. Those are all my brothers right there. Absolutely, I love I love that. I love how you guys have that brotherhood. you have some crazy stories but for before we go i want to know what are stuff that you live by what are what are some some sayings some things some principles that you live by that you hope your kids your future generations of the kennedy family take in and just really soak in uh, one that is an absolute truth is everything that you want is on the far side of hard work hmm. You know, um, put, insert anything, freedom. Like that, that shit's not free. Like you got to earn that. You got to work for it. You know, you want a nice house. You want a nice Harley. You want a cool truck. Cool. You got to work for it. Um, You want to be an elite athlete fighting for world titles? Well, guess what? You know, you're going to be getting up early. You're going to be eating a lot of crappy food. And you are going to be training your ass off. You're going to be bruised every day. You're going to be in the bathtub with ice every single night. And there just is not an easy road, a soft path to success. Everything you want is on the far side of hard work. Absolutely. I love, I love that you said that. That's honestly something that I personally try doing, creating routines. Do you, do you have a routine or anything like that that you do? Or you just, it's just go, go, go. Um, I like when I can have a routine. Um, but my life is so fluid. Um, there are things that, that happen every single day. You know, um, I train hard no matter where I am every single day. If I'm, if I'm deployed, I got, I got a little sandbag that I stuff a TRX in, I have some bands, um, some sandbag kettlebells. So no matter where I go, I always have like enough equipment to get the work done. 
if I'm in the middle of the desert, um, if, if I'm in Antarctica, um, it doesn't matter. I, I get work done. Um, I sleep right and I eat right every night, you know, which sets me up to be able to do more hard work. You know, I, I, I look for things that I don't think I can accomplish. That's another problem with this society currently is they, they want that easy, soft, quick satisfaction. I'm the opposite. I'm like, Wait, so what you're telling me is it's going to take me four years to finish training if I get selected. And if I get selected, you're going to kick me in the dick for 28 days? Cool. That sounds like a party. And I'm off. You know? Um, same thing with fighting. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm wrestling. I'm like 10 years old. They're like, oh, so you want to be a, a collegiate wrestler? So you got eight years of these – here's the three next coaches that you're going to see over the course of the next eight years. Here's your middle school's coach. There's a junior high coach and there's a high school coach and all of us pretty much hate you and want to hurt you every single day. I was like, that sounds awesome. Sign me up. <laughs> so, so you're you got to change. You got to change the mentality. Of yeah. If it's quick, if it's easy, if it's free, I don't want it. Give me something hard. Absolutely. And so you're an advocate to that. You can get work done anywhere. Uh, there's a lot of people that tell me they're, they're like, Hey, uh, I don't have a gym. I, gyms are too expensive. Da, 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 da. I'm like, you don't need a gym. You can just go do calisthenics outside, go get some work done. I love that you said you pack a TRX band, uh, just a few band or TRX rope and a few bands and all that. Um, Dude, Google letters from a foreign land. Um, I think, where is I? It's like Iraq, Afghanistan. I remember some, someplace super crappy. Trump probably described it as a, as a, as a shithole. Um, so I was there <laughs> and I came back 240 pounds of jacked, ripped athlete, because all I did, all we could find was ammo cans of 50 cal ammunition and transmissions. So I was back squatting transmissions. So if you were telling me that you, I'm in the middle of the desert eating disgusting goat and I'm still packing on muscle, no steroids, just hard work and a little bit of discipline. You can get you can turn yourself into a freak athlete anywhere you are. You just got to drop the excuses. Absolutely. And, and I love that you said that. Oh my gosh, Tim. Anyways, I just, I, I, I have to end this podcast because I have to get going to work, but I want to say thank you. Number one, um, for, for just being who you are, being transparent being on the podcast. Um, I would like to, I just wonder where, where can the audience connect with you besides just Instagram? How can they check out Sheepdog response? Um, where can they get in contact with you? Um, like all of my social media stuff is Tim Kennedy MMA, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Snapchats, the Instagrams, um, and then oh, the YouTube. I think it's Tim Kennedy MMA. Yeah, it is. Um, and then Sheepdog Response, you know, like it's sheepdogresponse.com or Sheepdog Response on uh, Instagram, Facebook, you know, pretty straightforward and come to a course, you know. We have courses one or two times a month. So again, the only excuse, the only reason you're not there is excuses. Absolutely. Are they, are they just in one single city or you have them citywide? No, we do them all over. We do them all over. Awesome. All we need is a gym and a range. Awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll be attending pretty soon. I guarantee awesome. you that. All right. Well, thank you, Tim. I appreciate it. Go America. You were listening to impact my city. Tune in next week for more knowledge and find ways to fulfill your dreams.